This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, real quick before we get started on the show, I'm just going to talk about Treeline Academy. You've heard me say it. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, Mark Livesey is treelineacademy.net. That's treelineacademy.net. Sign up. Use the promo code PC2020. Save yourself 20 bucks. Can't say it enough. It's awesome. Amazing. Most comprehensive e-scouting course out there. Check it out for yourself. Sign up. Use promo code PC2020. And now let's get to the show. All right. All right so I'm sitting here and I am at the beast mode. Like I would like to say, even though it's not, it's the mini games, but I'm going to think of it in my mind as the beast mode because I'm definitely not ready, <laughs> especially after today. We know this. This, is, this has been proven scientifically. It's science, right? I think it's science, but okay. I think you did pretty well. So I'm going to have you guys go around and introduce yourselves, and then we'll kind of roll into this thing. So introductions, are we doing like titles, like we're official and important, or just names? You can do all of the above. Nathan, we like. should start with you, buddy. I got to start? Yep. Yeah. All right, so I'm Nathan McGree. I'm the owner, operator, GM, god of Tyrell Basin. God of, wow. Like, like Thor, or what are we thinking? Probably more like Loki. Like, okay. Nathan doesn't have the hair like Thor, <laughs> so no, no, I can't really be uh, Thor. Luscious locks. And we're sitting over here with Brian. Brian, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. I am uh, I'm the Brian Austin with uh, the Beast Mode Archer Challenge. <laughs> and, and the Brian Austin Experience. The and the Brian Austin that, experience. That, that will be coming soon. <laughs> to a boss near you. <laughs> okay. Yes. Johnny, exactly. So, Johnny Love, 2019, right? Is that what it is on the, the gram, as that's the kids it call on, it? That's what it is on the gram. The gram. 
I don't know. Everybody calls me Johnny Love, so I must because you've got a lot to I give. I must be like the love of every. I guess you know, every soul out there. He's well, a '70s child. Well, I, I love you, John. So yeah, it's just Brian. Yeah. All right, so let's kind of go into Tyrell Basin a little bit, and because I've already covered. Brian actually approached you and kind of talked to you. What was your thought process in on, on the time? Uh, so, yeah, Brian approached me. We started talking about having some cool archery events out here. Uh, and <laughs> um, about having some cool archery events out here. Uh, I thought it was a great fit for what we do out at Tyrol. Uh, it's something that makes a lot of sense, and a lot of people can come out here and enjoy. Uh, get some summer traffic to Tyrol Basin. Um, it, it's a gr- great group of people who yeah. are passionate about hunting, like-minded, uh, gets people active, gets people out hunting, um, gets people in front of the Tyrell Bra- Basin brand, uh, but also having a good time. Yeah. No, I, I think after meeting all you guys, I think it's awesome, the group of people that you kind of have that you've got your regulars and, you know, some extras that show up, and it's pretty cool. I'd share a hunting camp with you, but I'm definitely not sleeping in the same, same tent as some of you, for sure. Especially um, John. But <laughs> <laughs> Why is everybody always picking on you, Johnny? What? Why, can, it's because they love I, you, I, right? I take, I take it so well, and everybody loves me. Every, know, so I, I mean, John's the only one who killed a buck last year, so that is we'll true. just put that out there. That so. But what about true. the one that you missed? Well, we won't talk about that one. Oh. <laughs> Do, What's that one? We didn't, we didn't miss one, did we, Brian? It's pretty oh, much the biggest that buck that's ever been seen in Wisconsin, and they both missed it. Yeah. Well, I got the whole story earlier, so we, won't, we don't have to go too much. We, we're not going to go into that on this. <laughs> okay. All right. We're, we're, we're going to skip that. I think so. Was there? Where'd that one happen? Is that the garage sessions? That the unreleased garage sessions? Yeah, so we have a couple of podcasts that we've done that we have not. Uh, released just because of the PG rating that we'd probably have to put on it. You just label it explicit, and then you can still get it out to all the listeners for sure. But um, So let's kind of go on. We're, we're, we need to kind of uh, – so the BMAC Mini, why, why did you do it? What was the kind of reason behind that? So I came up with the BMAC Mini mostly because to get people that maybe had felt intimidated to do the BMAC games – uh, a chance to come out here and really experience it firsthand and to realize that we're not just a bunch of gym rats, which we aren't. And we're not, um, I guess, uh, w- what I get a lot of feedback with is, is that the BMAC, the Beast Mode Archery Challenge, just the name itself is intimidating. And that's not really what any of this is about. This is about getting people into health and fitness and hunting and enjoying the outdoors and uh, rather, if you are a, an elite athlete or just somebody that's coming off the couch, there's something here for you. Yeah, if you're coming off the couch, you're going to have to embrace the suck a little bit more probably. But, it's, it, but everybody's here to cheer you on and to, and to help you out and stuff. So, so the BMAC Mini was designed for that, that to get people that are just getting into it an opportunity to come out here and experience it without – uh, I guess the whole day or, or the two-day event of what the Beast Mode Games is all about. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a taste of what the what the BMAC Games is about. But today we had most of the people that were here. We had oh probably six or seven new people that have not done the BMAC Games. Most of the people that came today were people that have done the events, 
but they just enjoy being here and they enjoy the camaraderie and and what we're all about so no, I, I think that's pretty cool i i got guilted i'll say that into coming here oh, I, played, I wanted to anyway johnny love once Sorry. again your name gets thrown around a lot Sorry. but yeah. you oh. didn't you didn't really it wasn't really guilt i wanted to come i wanted to show up but uh i ended up i'm here i did it i sucked but that's who am I competing against you know other than myself, right? You know what, so though? You, you didn't suck. <laughs> you finished. The fact that you came out and did this and were a part of this whole uh, event and, you know, <clears throat> competed with the rest of us, I mean, that's really, truly what it's all about because just as Brian said, I think a lot of people don't truly believe and understand and realize what they're actually capable of until you push yourself until you push yourself <laughs> right right and it, you know you you have to just come out and experience it and it truly is all about the group of people that have come together for these events we don't care if you're the last place finish because believe me i've been last Multiple, My, multiple I times. Last I, I, I was probably last today because actually I missed and had, to do, right. you had to do burpees. Burpees. So, yeah, I probably was last. Well, my nickname is DFL, which is dead fucking last. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> Good point, Nathan. But, but seriously, it's about the group of people. Everybody, everybody wants to, you know, encourage each other to to do the best that they can and to realize that guess what you're you're actually capable of a hell of a lot more than what you give yourself credit for um I you just have to come out and do it like i think i'm capable of more but that pace oh that was <laughs> well, well so, was so today was was short it was very intense but like from your point of view lucas is, is that this was your first time so it's, you had no idea what to expect. No. Where most of these people knew something or knew what kind of I had in store just by the look of the layout that we had. So uh, it's definitely that, that first time you're going to be – you're going to feel intimidated even though there's no intimidation that we're trying to show to you. Uh, but you're also going to feel just nervous uh, because it's something totally different. Um, but with that same – with that said – I like these events to be something that uh, challenge people too. So it's going to be challenging no matter what fitness level you're at. And again, we don't really care if you finish first or last, like John said. It's just a matter of coming out and doing it. Because really what this is about is about preparing ourselves for September and for our hunts. And what better opportunity of pushing ourselves and uh, being at a high heart rate and because when you, when you push yourself, your flaws come out. You, you start to learn about yourself. You start to learn what your weaknesses are. And then that educates you to know what to work on to make yourself better. So that's another way to look at these uh, events as an opportunity to, I guess, better yourself and figure out what it is that you really do need to work on. Yeah, for real. Brian's that's events make better hunters. And I, I would I, agree. I would be proof of that. I've never bow hunted in my entire life. I did Brian's events. I did his training classes on Tuesday nights. I walked out in the woods last year, and I killed three animals. Nice. For first year of bow hunting, to be able to 
walk out in the woods and take take three animals home that's most people don't do that and the training that brian puts us through prepares you to get out there and when that animal walks in front of you and your heart rate skyrockets and you get super excited we know how to cope with that and calm ourselves down and hopefully be able to be successful in the woods well you may not even be able to calm yourself down you right. learn how to be able to shoot with that high high heart rate uh and things and you know it, it's almost kind of sad i feel like i shoot better now yeah with my heart rate elevated than i do with uh you know if i were to just go and walk around a standard 3d course I'm probably not going to do very well. <laughs> well. And I just, I, I feel like, yeah, being able to get your heart rate up, and, and it is. It's simulating the fact that in whether people believe it or not, I can guarantee you that when that deer walks out in front of you, your heart rate is going to spike, and it's going to go up. Which is messed up because I'm pretty sure on my first round, my heart rate was higher <laughs> because I didn't know <laughs> what was going on. <laughs> That could and be. I actually, <laughs> so, it actually benefited me. I actually got a what, good. Uh, what, what I'd like to do, uh, we have a, a young woman here. Her name's Dana. So Dana came to my classes to begin with this year. She's new to archery within the last year. Uh, she's been doing my Tuesday night classes, my, my Get Fit with GFB Outdoors classes. And uh, it's one thing for us to talk about this and for your listeners to hear a bunch of guys talk about it but this is a girl uh young woman dana how old are you i'm 30 she's 30 so she's a young woman uh but somebody who uh she she wasn't a hunter before this uh, she grew up kind of in a hunting family but she never hunted but this is a, a a woman that came in came to my classes that's mostly full of men i do we do have some ladies but she broke through that barrier of that being intimidated. So she's done my classes. She has done most of the events. You've done all the events this year, I, I believe. Pretty much Except all for them. the indoor yeah. one in, in this uh, last March or whenever in, at Vortex. Mm -hmm. So maybe for her to give, or maybe Lucas, if you had some questions that could direct, because I imagine you have some listeners that maybe are getting into this or maybe – this might spur some people that, hey, I want to get into archery or, or try these events out. And this is coming from somebody who's never done the events and has never hunted before. So what was, like, what was your experiences? I mean, what made you want to come and do this? First of all, let's start with that. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, just getting into archery, like Brian said, I came from a hunting family, but I always kind of thought hunting was boring, like sitting in a tree uh, looking at you know, waiting for a deer. I thought that was kind of boring, but I was always into athletics and sports and stuff. And so I decided I wanted to get into archery, you know, this past winter and kind of went down an Instagram wormhole and, <laughs> and, uh, found Brian's page. And I was like, this looks cool. Like mixing archery with fitness and athletics and, and things like that. So, um, that's kind of why I went to the first class and I was so horrible. Like I remember talking to Brian the first night and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hit like the 20 yard target. Like <laughs> I've been literally shooting for a week. So, you know, what can you do with that? But everyone there was so welcoming and encouraging and accepting of my flaws and just where I was at. So I felt comfortable enough to, to come again the next week. And 
it was just really cool. It was a cool community of people, and um, it just felt really good to push myself and integrate those two different aspects of, you know, being in nature and outdoors and, and hunting along with athletics and so things like you, that. Did you do, like, CrossFit or anything before you came, or was it something that was completely entirely new to you? Um, before this, in terms of, like, athletic events, I had gotten a little bit into triathlons and things like that, and I had lived out west a little bit, so I, I loved hiking and, like, backpacking and things like that. So um, it was a really nice way to blend kind of my upbringing with – these other interests that I got um, kind of throughout my 20s. So, Did Brian uh, did Brian push you, or was it kind of like, what, what was the first, do you remember the first workout you did? I do, vividly, yes. Okay. <laughs> let's let's kind of hear that. Okay, so the first workout, I showed up, and I was like, man, I was really nervous, really, really nervous. This, this is going to be good, because I don't, I don't even remember it. <laughs> I do. I'll give that. I remember, like, there's a new girl coming Give them, give them the mic. There, there we'll, we'll start that over. Go ahead and give them the mic on that one. Yeah, so we're talking about Dana's yeah. first night. Right. Yeah, so I, I helped you set up that <laughs> night. And it's like, he just said, hey, there's a new girl showing up who's never worked or uh, never, who just switched from gun hunting to bow hunting. And she just switched from a right-handed bow to a left-handed bow because she's left eye down on Mm-hmm. But right-handed. Yes. So it was funny because we had to set up targets, and Brian's like, yeah, she's all worried that she's not going to hit anything. <laughs> so I remember setting up targets specifically for you <laughs> that night, and Brian's like, yeah, this, this one's for Dana. Put, you know, <laughs> let's put this one up like at 15, 20 yards max because we'll just let her shoot this one. And that's when we set it up down there at the bottom of the tubing hill. So, and yeah, I mean, that, that was – the whole setup of that night was because, yeah, we even. <laughs> I had my personalized. It was a Dana target. Yeah, so. I mean, that's cool, though, right? He, he knew that there might have been some challenges that you were going to face. Yeah, and he and totally he customized you. it to, to make me feel comfortable. So, so what was the workout portion of it? Do you remember that? <sighs> yeah. So I remember, <laughs> you know, the first couple of shots. Well, we started out with a warm-up hike, which, like, you know, I did okay with that. And then we had some warm-up shots. And I had some problems with my release. So I was, like, I was just flustered to start with. But. Then we had this, I remember he, you paired me with Jimmy, who's like a freaking beast. And like, <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with Jimmy. And I was like, I am going to puke. <laughs> like, I'm going to puke. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely pushed me and it was uncomfortable. Um, but it, it, at the same time, everyone was just so encouraging that, you know, it made me want to come back. So. So then from that point on, I mean, you pretty much just did an entire year doing all that. And then. So I started coming at the end of April um, and I've been coming since then. So. And then so you knew you wanted to be in the games, the actual games, not the mini like I did. But. So that was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I came to like a couple more classes and I, you know, they were talking about the BMAC games and I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm quite ready yet Johnny, like my my shooting Johnny guilted quite. you into it was that they the didn't pressure me at all oh. I kind of I kind of oh. was just like you know if I'm gonna you know if I want to be a part of this community like I think it's it's kind of like if you want to be a shark you gotta in your guppy you might as well like swim with the sharks you can't keep <laughs> swimming with the guppies so I was like I'm just gonna put myself out there and and see what happens <laughs> so <laughs> 
So do you think like you're hooked on it now and you're going to keep doing it? Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you Do you think the competition aspect is more fun than the hunting or does it kind of tie in together now? I mean, I guess we'll find out because I'm going to be, you know, going on my first bull hunts this this fall. So, um, yeah, but I, th- I think it's going to it's going to all blend together pretty nicely. So what are you planning on doing? Are you going to hunt locally or are you going out west? What are you doing? So Wisconsin and, and probably a little bit in Minnesota. So my my family's from northeastern Wisconsin. We've got uh, 40 acres and then a, a larger farm that I can hunt on. And then um, my dad and brothers hunt out in, in Minnesota, bow hunting. And then um, here yeah. in, Minis- in Madison area, um, hoping to... Hoping to hunt a little bit with, with Johnny Love 2019. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Locally. So I've got some <laughs> options is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll so, get her out here in the woods at Tyrol so and see what she can do. There you go. Yeah, maybe even there at Tyrol. <laughs> that would be awesome. So have you put in any work yet picking out? You haven't picked out a single place yet. You're just going to buy a tag and go then, huh? Well, I know for sure, like back home where I'm from, like on weekends and stuff, I can I can hunt back there. Um, but yeah, in terms are you of excited? Here, I'm really excited. Like I was actually telling a friend the other day, like I'm just really excited to hunt this year. Like, I mean, I've always I've gun hunted for a couple of years, yeah. and and that it's fun in terms of just like the social community of it. But um, it's not. Like, it's not, it's the, not the same. same. Yeah, it's not like there's so much more yeah. skill and just like drive. It's intimate. Like bow hunting is mm-hmm. intimate. It's mm-hmm. not the same, and that's, I drew a tag that was four years it took me to draw a public land tag. So, like, not super long compared to, like, Western standards, but four years to draw a tag in Illinois is kind of a long time. And so I finally drew the tag, and now that I have the tag, it's this conundrum that I have because I can bring my bow. I can bring my bow and go and hunt this tag, but at the same time, what if I pass up a buck of a lifetime because... I brought my bow and now I'm within 30, 40 yards and that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but at the same time, I guarantee you, I wouldn't be as happy as if I brought my bow and shot that deer with my bow. So yeah, that's There's more to prove to yourself. something, something I'm wrestling with right now, but, um, kind of curious, like your story, Nathan, where, because, I mean, okay, you've got Tyrell Basin. He approaches you at the time. Did you have a desire to go bow hunting? Or was it something that, like, to, to get into archery? Or was it just something where you completely? Um, I had gun hunted. Um, and I, w- I guess I was fairly new to gun hunting to a certain extent. Um, I didn't start actively hunting until I was in my 30s. Um, just because I didn't have the opportunity and I didn't make time for it. Uh, so when when Brian approached me, I kind of saw it as an opportunity to force myself into being able to to hunt more often because it was something that I enjoyed the little bit that I had done it. Um, but then I, the the group of people that um, he associates with and he he does his things with um, are, are they're great guys. It's it's an activity that. You know, in a lot of states, gets uh, a lot of negative attention. And, you know, hunting, whether it's, you know, guns get negative attention all over the place. Uh, any sort of weapon does. And if we can show the the world around us that we can go out in the woods, we can essentially 
harvest an animal so that we can live, um, regardless of what the world around us is, I think that's a skill set that we should have. I also think that spending that time in the woods and getting away from the rest of society, sitting in a tree stand for two, three, four hours, so that you can come back into the rest of the world. Four and have hours? You don't you don't do all day sits yet? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have time for all day I'm sits, unfortunately. I uh, last year I hunted probably 130 days. Uh, but you know, it's in two, three hour increments. It's when I can go. I have the luxury of, I can just walk out of my office and be in the woods in five minutes. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, I can be from my desk to a tree stand somewhere on our property in literally five minutes. You could also put your pack on and hike up there anytime you want. So I'm just curious yes. why you didn't. Yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> How come he doesn't do that more often? <laughs> uh, I mean, if I had this hill, I'd be putting money at the top. And trying to compete to go get it. So the next ski area that I buy will be flat <laughs> so that I do not have to hike uphill. Uh, That's probably <laughs> going to be pretty profitable, I would assume. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on cross-country skiing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I need somebody to push me, especially yep. when it comes to physical fitness. I do, too. I, I've sat in a gym That's for many, many years, lifted weights, done the typical muscle head sort of thing. Um but that doesn't that doesn't take you to that next level. And no. from a from a cardio standpoint, I can't do a treadmill. My I just can't do it. It's I can't focus. I can't stay on it. I can't sit there for an hour and run. Uh, it's awful. This gets us our cardio. This gets us that um, an elevated heart rate. Or uh, I'm forgetting the name of the this specific type of training where you go from elevated heart rate up and down. Yeah. Like hit training. Yeah. High intensity interval training, uh, that, you know, we want to do in the gym so that we can be physically fit, but in the gym, it sucks so much. You just can't force yourself to do it. (laughs) So we come out here and we actually incorporate a, a type of training that we're excited about. So training to go out in the mountains, training to go out into the, the woods of Wisconsin or Illinois or Minnesota. Um, to hunt and we incorporate that into the training so that we're not bored we're not sitting and watching a tv on a treadmill um well i mean there's there's definitely a lack of yoga pants out here during brian's (laughs) training unfortunately uh but um (laughs) it's a lot more fun well and there's something to be said definitely about being outside and in nature and exercising and getting away from, you know, what most of us are surrounded by every day, <clears throat> electronics and TV and computers and stuff like that. And, you know, now it's a lot of these clubs and fitness facilities are trying to to be more uh, high tech. Yeah. And it's, you know, every machine almost has a screen on them now in some of these places. And it's just... That's not the point. You know, the point is to get away from that stuff. It's to uh, rebalance our bodies and our mind. <clears throat> and so that's kind of what all my training is, is based around. It's Even though some of it is inside, uh, we try to be outside as much as possible and be in nature as much as possible and to do functional stuff. I, I think functional is a overused term, but I, I believe that it's when it comes to hunting and you know, backcountry hunters, it, it's, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I mean, hunters are the original athletes. I mean, the hunter-gatherer lifestyle, you have to be fit. You have to be able to endure uh, the suffer and the pain of, of hiking miles and, and I guess, basically being deprived of calories and, and all that stuff. So <clears throat> that's kind of what, what we're about, and we're about pushing ourselves mentally and, and when it comes to the classes I do and uh, the events that I do, I try to make them challenging to the point where, you know, they're going to take most to that breaking point. Uh, I don't ever want to see anybody get injured. Uh, this past year we had no injuries, which is great. We had a couple of people that had to drop out because of prior injuries, and it was just kind of irritating them. And I told them, like, look, it's, it's fine to step step away, like, hunting this fall is more important than finishing this this event so and that's okay uh but that's the the number one worry that i have doing these events is for somebody to get to get injured so that's obviously goal number one is is for you to walk away and be able to hunt this fall number two is to have fun right i don't know if you uh have read or have listened to michael easter in the comfort crisis uh, excellent book. Uh, I encourage everybody that's a hunter to read that because uh, basically his book, uh, the premise of, of the book is based on the hunt that he did with Donnie Vincent up in Alaska oh, for caribou. Okay. And it talks about, uh, he goes, you know, he tells that story, but he goes off in tangents about uh, nutrition, about exercise, about being in nature. Um, and he, ba- he backs it up with science and research and stuff so it's an excellent book he's a uh uh, excellent uh audio version of it uh, and that's called the comfort crisis and that's basically when i when i listen to that i'm like wow this is everything that i've been doing for the last however many years it's just he was able to put it in words and and writing so that's awesome i would have to check that out yeah it's (laughs) like my thing showing up here i probably don't look like it but i actually do Go into a gym past couple months now because my gym's been open again. Stupid COVID, right? But um, I bought a treadmill. I actually run on the treadmill. Yes, it has a screen. You're not in nature. It's not something that's it, you still have that connection with the technology and stuff. But I can get on the treadmill and run. But the things we did here with the different intervals and the different muscle groups you're using and all that stuff, it took everything out of me. I mean, there was... <laughs> There was, I mean, I don't, I don't even remember what my heart rate was that looking down at my watch because I couldn't focus <laughs> enough to think of something like that. I mean, it, it, when I sat down probably five minutes later, I'm pretty sure it was at like 130, 140 still. So, right. I mean, it had to have been up there. Um, kind of talk about that a little bit and like how, you know, one, why that does that and why it's important to work those and then kind of just, you know, build into that. Right. So... Uh, without getting too nerdy, I mean, w- there's a lot of different energy systems that we work in our body. You know, when we do cardio, that's usually uh, you need oxygen to do that, or that's what you rely on for energy source. So that's something that, you know, walking for all of us, running for uh, most of us, but running can be very anaerobic for those that are out of shape or haven't, haven't ran because you, you start tapping into the anaerobic system where it's uh, you start depleting your muscle glycogen and stuff. And that's kind of what we were at today. It was it took, for the most part, most everybody was able to complete that in around four minutes. 
So four minutes, it's, it's not aerobic. You are no longer in that aerobic zone where you're pushing yourself as hard as you can for four minutes. That's all purely anaerobic for the most part. Uh, and then you get the lactic acid buildup because you can only push yourself for so long before your muscles start producing that byproduct, which starts to make you feel like crap. You know, your muscles start to tighten, you start getting nauseous and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of research out there uh, that shows either aerobic fitness is better than anaerobic or lifting weights is better than running, whatever. It doesn't, you know, I don't feed into all that crap. I think it's, you just do what you can do and you push yourself. And, but you, you have to have a goal and, and being in the fitness industry for now for over 20 years, I, I hate the term goals. You know, it's, you need to have an objective. You need to have something to push yourself towards. And, and now I've structured my business to work more with hunters and, and those types of people. And, and our goal is to be able to uh, go to the back country in September or go on long hunts or go to Alaska or wherever it might be. Uh, so you have to, it's, it's one to have the physical fitness, but it's also to have the mental fitness. And you, you're only going to get the mental uh, strength and stamina by, by pushing yourself physically. There's no other way to get it, you know. <laughs> I think that's a good point that Brian is making because, you know, I think all of us that come to Brian's classes and participate with Brian and are now, you know, pretty good friends with Brian, we all come from different walks of life. You know, I, I run a ski area that during the summer it's not as busy, but we have lots of projects and maintenance and all that sort of stuff. But then when, once we're in winter, we see thousands of customers a day, and that's, that's a stressful job and managing all, all of the employees and the staff and that sort of thing. Uh, Ed does construction, which is hard on his body and has its challenges with customer service and that sort of thing. John works for Crown Forklift and deals with all sorts of employees that put his stress level through the roof. Um, and we all come together on a Tuesday night and blow off all that stress that we've come up with over the course of the week. And I think, especially for myself, I can speak for, and I think for the rest of the guys as well, we look forward to Tuesday because we know that's our we can come out here and in a uh, in a productive manner, blow off all that stress, blow off all that steam, get in a good workout, have a good time, have that camaraderie, and then actually have it produce something for us, which is be ready to go out in the mountains and kill something or right. go out in the woods and, and not feel like a big lazy oaf. <laughs> you know, it's I got to yeah. my stand today. I didn't sweat through every layer of clothes that I have. So now my scent control is still on par <laughs> and right. I got up in the tree and I can sit here. And when the biggest buck I've ever seen in my life comes in, yeah, my heart rate is through the roof, but I can control that. I can shoot, I can get that animal. And then I can post it to the Instagram and look like an <laughs> asshole. So, <laughs> so I think you, you touched on CrossFit or you asked Dana about if she's ever done CrossFit before. I've never personally done CrossFit. Uh, some of our workouts are probably, crossfit style type stuff but the thing that crossfit has you know and there's crossfit lovers and haters but the one thing that crossfit does that's very good is it creates community and it creates uh, uh accountability partners i guess is what you call it and you know there's a lot of groups there's a lot of classes and when you don't show up people are like hey where are you at or there's just that like i said that accountability of having somebody and you create that friendship and really what we have here i think is pretty unique because it's a group of hunters and and we have like i keep mentioning one goal in mind and that's uh to get to the mountains you know 
being from the Midwest, uh, I think <laughs> I think we probably have a chip on our shoulder a little bit because uh, I have a lot of buddies in the mountains, or you know, like Nathan said, you you get on the uh, social media uh, world, and it's everybody's posting pictures and all this stuff, and it's well, we'll just go for a hike or just do that. Well, we don't have mountains that we can just hike up, so we have to create that artificially for us. Yeah. And that's either with a box, a 20-inch box where you're doing step-ups or step-overs, or it's uh, a ski hill here. I mean, yeah, it's not the biggest ski hill. Uh, and even in Wisconsin, it's not the biggest ski hill. But what we can do, we can get repetition. We can get up and down this multiple times. We're training our muscles multiple times going up and down and traversing and stuff like that. So uh, I think, uh, you know, if we talked a little bit about the ski world, a lot of your world-class ski, downhill ski um, competitors come from the Midwest. And because it's con- it's repetition. repetition. It's not about the longest downhill ski that, you know, slope that you can do. It's about getting that repetition in. Uh, speak to that Lindsey Vons, Olympic athlete. She came from Buck Hill in Minnesota, which has <laughs> less elevation than we do. That's, yeah. it's, it's about repetition. I think uh, it's pretty cool, though, that you guys have this, like, here. Where, like, it is flat where i live yeah. i mean this is awesome that you could somewhat replicate it and to be able to do this and kind of give people a, you know a taste of if they've never hunted and been out west and able to actually throw a pack on with some weight head up that hill i mean that's something that i mean like i said you cannot replicate that unless you have it right well and to speak to what you know what brian was talking about crossfitters can't hang with us Mm-mm. there ain't chance <laughs> And, I mean, any of the listeners on there, come prove us wrong. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll throw that out there. Like, it's a great community, and yeah. they're a great b- group of people, and I think it's great that they're getting out and being physically fit, but they can't hang with us. We, we've we'll had, put them to shame. We've had CrossFitters. We had uh, ultramarathoners. And, again, all that stuff is great, but it does. It's, it's very specific to what they do. What we try to do, and, again, to the events that we do, uh, all – Everything that we do in the BMAC events is geared towards hunting. You know, there's some awesome events out there. There's the Tough Mudder. There's the, there's the Death Race. There's all these awesome things that I would love to do or take pieces of that stuff and incorporate it into the events that we do. But I always look at how realistic is that to what we will encounter in the mountains. You know, and some of that stuff is, is pretty out there, and I would love to do it. But I'm like, but that's not, who, that's not what we are. We are for the hunter-athlete. I would love to have uh, a, a, a cold mountain stream here that we have to walk through, but we just don't have it. But, but we have steep, I mean, we have very steep inclines here. They're not obviously as long as a mountain, but we have super steep inclines that we can get, again, a lot of repetition on. And like the event that we have next weekend, the King of the Hill 3D, right now we're sitting at about 160 shooters that are signed up. And that is geared towards people that want extreme angles, ups and downs, uh, side hill shots, uh, long distance shots. You know, I, I put it the first week or kind of late July, early August, so people can come out and shoot that, test their gear out so that they still have a few weeks before hunting season that they can kind of work those kinks out. So with that being said, you're not turning on the lift, right? They're going to hike it? They're going to hoof it oh up Oh, yeah, there? they're hiking it. Okay. Yeah, they're hiking it. So then once again, it's going to kind of repli- replicate that scenario of hauling your gear up to, a, you know, wherever you're going. Right. That's that's pretty cool. Ed, I want to kind of get in into you a little bit in your story. Johnny told me an interesting one while we were eating lunch. 
Can we talk about your elk hunt? Which one? Well, that one. Oh, that, that Johnny was on that. Ed was not on that one. Ed wasn't on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk me. about the one. But Ed, Ed's been me. on like 20 plus elk hunts. And so what I'd like to say is Ed is probably the one person, the reason why we're sitting here, because way back when Ed started doing train to hunt before I did train to hunt, Ed introduced me to that, which then led me into competing in the train of hunts which then led me into directing some of the train of hunts and then with covid and stuff and things not going the way you know i I decided to keep doing the bmac events so really if it wasn't for ed and his passion for elk hunting and for doing these fitness archery competitions uh so he he's been with us since day one i started working out with brian in 2017 and it was where I was, I wanted to come work out with Brian to get in better shape to do train to hunt events. <clears throat> and then, I mean, I've been elk hunting, not, I mean, every year. For the, for the last 20 years, I go once or twice a year elk hunting. And then, you know, maybe once, once or twice a year besides that, just go out in the mountains. But it was, I mean, it was kind of funny that first time I went. I went to a boot camp class, and I worked out at Gold's Gym every day. And I come to a boot camp class and got my ass kicked. I mean, I couldn't keep up. I mean, go from lifting every day to a one of these type of workouts to hit workouts. Yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't an archery workout, but it was still one of your boot camp classes. Right. And I was dying. I, I mean, honestly, I thought I was going to die. And I was like, Brian's just laughing his ass off the whole time. But <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're definitely a total body workout. And again, I, uh, I'm not dissing the gym workouts. I think there's a time and place for them. I think you know that's definitely if you need to get stronger, you know that's the time to to, to get in the gym and do your uh, you know your deadlifts, your squats, your lunge, you know whatever it is. Uh, but there there quickly comes a time in most people's fitness journey that for most people you hit a plateau or you get to a point where it's like, all right, now what? And is this really what I need to be doing for really what for, it is yeah. I want to do? For, for what we do and for, like, the hunting, going out west. I mean, basically, I mean, I feel like we're all doing this because we hunt out west. I mean, may, maybe some of it's because we don't want to feel like we're going to have a heart attack before we crawl to our tree stand, too. But I mean, <laughs> most, of us, most of us are doing this, I feel, because we're going out west to crawl in the mountains. But, I mean, I come out here... I come out here every Tuesday, mostly because of the people. Yep. We're, and, you know, the, the group of people we have are amazing. And, you know, we're always pushing each other to be better. And that's the thing. That's, that's the, one of the best things about coming out here on Tuesday nights is you just, you're coming out here because of the group of people, and they're amazing, and they're always pushing each other to be better every Tuesday. You know, that Ed, said, Ed had a good point there, you know, that – it really is about the camaraderie and the people that come out. But if it was only Brian out here on Tuesday nights, I probably wouldn't come out here. Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you know, to Ed's point, he he made the comment about going out west and things. And I can honestly say that I have become a better hunter here in the state of Wisconsin because of these classes. And I say that because I can't. I, 
I feel comfortable and confident in myself to go a little bit deeper, a little bit farther. The buck that I shot this year, I mean, I'd, yes, I called Brian. Hey, you got to come and help me. But we were, I was a mile and a half in. In, in public land. I think he told me about that. Where he told you, no, no, let's drag it just to see how difficult it is. Right. Right. Is that the one? Because I, I wanted to, I wanted to quarter it out and put yeah. it on our pack right. so that we could bring it out in our pack. And he's like, no, you know what? We're gonna put it in the sled. We're gonna see what it's like because I want to try to incorporate this into the BMAC games. <laughs> well, and that's some of the fun that we have. Like it, when I hunted is. with Brian this yes. year out here. Uh, Night before me and Brian went hunting, I shot the biggest buck I've ever seen. He lived. He's still walking around. I've seen him alive. We've seen him. We've um, seen him multiple but times. I called these guys. They came out middle of the night, helped me track him. We tracked him in this, as deep and far as we could, and he was gone. Next night, me and Brian go out. I got a vendetta. I'm getting something that night. I shot two, two deer back to back. What does Brian do? He puts an entire deer, not gutted not quartered not nothing entire deer in his initial ascent back and walks out of the woods with it that's what we call the campaigns yeah and it was hilarious yes. just to clarify yes. well, i mean that. That, that's I mean, that's yes. you were camming yeah i don't i mean like you said i don't really train that much thinking i'm going to train for wisconsin hunting right i mean most of it's for the mountains true true but exactly but, true, i mean right. i i have been hunting farther in around here i mean i hunt public land just like you not too far from where you hunt and the last two deer I've shot on public land, I was a, I'm a mile from my truck. So the first yeah. one I shot, I put hole on my backpack and carried it out whole. <laughs> and then, which is, it was a doe, it was a good sized yeah. doe, but carried it out whole. And I, you know, I got some looks as I'm walking out, like, are you stupid? You know, I, I walked past a couple of people walking back to the truck and they're just kind of like, you know, like, well, what's on your back? I'm like a full sized deer. <laughs> but then, then, then the next year I shot a nice, nice buck. And a little bigger, but still, I quartered it out, and and I hiked the whole thing out again. I before Brian's classes or before that, I probably never would have done that in Wisconsin. I I, I never would have walked a mile back in in Wisconsin. Well, like, that would have been like big deal. Exactly, that's exactly my point. Is that you know I I I felt that and I feel that I'm going to go back and I'm going to get into the prime spot. You know I'm I'm going to go and I'm going to start. You know, from a scouting standpoint and then going back in hunting, I'm not afraid to yeah. go way back in. And not that there's these huge tracts of land in Wisconsin, but, you know, you can still get two miles back in and you got two miles to get out to the nearest road. Yeah. I feel confident and comfortable now because of these classes. And I think truly it's, a mindset it's not necessarily that i'm humping up and down i think that's part of it though johnny you don't want your physical ability to be the limiting factor but at the same time if you have the physical ability but you don't know you can push yourself that far exactly you're not going to be able to do it yep exactly it's a mindset you know that that a lot of people don't realize that they probably can do the same thing and you know maybe we're going to give all give away all our secrets that <laughs> hey come out and work in our class and you know gain the confidence <laughs> to go and hike back in and next thing you know we're surrounded by people back that's in good places then you that just go to your truck stuff then you, well, hunt, yeah. then you hunt and, from your truck right I, exactly <laughs> i know a lot of people that go out west that 
quit after one year. They go out there one year and yes. say it was the most miserable thing they've done in their life because they couldn't handle walking off their four-wheeler. Yeah. You know, they basically they spent yeah. the entire time on their Ranger, their four-wheeler, and they're like, oh, I put 40 miles in on my Ranger. And I'm like, well, that's <laughs> not elk hunting. No. And, but you know, they said, oh, yeah, then we got off, and we walked to the bottom of the hill and walked back up, put a mile on our boots, but I was dying. I'm like, yeah. The difficulties what yeah. drew me back. Yeah. You know but what I mean? Were, they, I, were used to, they were yeah. used to Wisconsin deer hunting where you can just walk to your tree stand and not feel like you're going to die. And, you know, so, but these classes prepare you for actually going out west and enjoying yourself. And, and, that's, and that's the whole thing. It's like you don't want to feel like you're going to, you know, if you're going to spend the kind of money and kind of effort and put the kind of gear or spend that kind of money in the gear to go out west, you want to make sure that your body yep. can actually take you there. And you can have all the gear in the world. Right. If you can't get there, it's yeah. no point. Yeah, you tell people they spent $3,000 in new gear this year, but if your body can't get you there, who cares? So uh, I want to put another uh, young woman on the spot here. Uh, her name is Valerie. Valerie has not done any of my classes, but she's done uh, – she did the, B- the BMAC games – uh, new to archery, I believe. I'll, I'll let her tell her a little brief story because I, I think it's important for people, especially women, because uh, I would love to get more women involved with these events. Um, and like uh, Dana, she knew no, nobody here, and I believe Valerie knew nobody here. She just found us online or something like that. So I want Valerie, Valerie to maybe give you a, a little, your listeners, some insight. Yeah. And if I'm stuttering a little bit, it's because I've, I'm three whiskey sours in right now. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brian had to bring that up. <laughs> so that is good. why my speech is not the best right now. It's all good. All right. Uh, so here is Valerie. They were celebratory drinks, just so everybody knows. But <laughs> So kind of tell me your story. What, what was the deal? What, what drew you here? What brought you here? And then kind of how has the journey well, gone? There were years ago that I wanted to learn archery, and then my ex had disappeared from our life and had died like months after he walked out on us. And so I had to set that goal aside of learning how to shoot archery. And my daughter brought up wanting to learn a couple years ago, back in, I think, 2019. And we both decided to go ahead and go learn together. And my son said he wanted to learn how to hunt. And I didn't grow up in a hunting family at all or any outdoorsy family. (laughs) at all so it was entirely new to me but I was like you know what I like being outside I like the physical challenges so trying out trying to learn how to hunt and everything sounded like a good idea to me like I learned to love archery really quick and we had started out on recurves and learned all that and I was already into the physical fitness aspect of everything and so trying to go out and learn how to bow hunt seemed like a natural progression of things for me so um, what did you use? What kind of resources? Where did you, you go to to get to that level to where you could go out and not only educate yourself but then mentor your son, which is awesome, right, yeah. that, that you're, you're doing that? Because ultimately, what is the goal other than to not only set ourselves up to where we have that knowledge but to be able to pass knowledge on to a future generation is amazing. I think for people who don't hunt at all and who haven't been introduced to archery or anything, it's been, it was extremely hard to find somewhere to learn how to shoot a bow, how, like the whole process and everything, because you think like, oh, just pull a string back and shoot an arrow and it'll work. But that's not it at all. <laughs> so it took a while to find somewhere to actually learn 
and we found a place actually nearby that taught us how to shoot recurves and then eventually I picked up a compound bow and I was like oh I need to buy one of these I need to learn more <laughs> <laughs> I want to go this route I want to find this out it's not the easy that, button yeah well, <laughs> not that recurves were something I didn't want to do I still want to do that I want to buy my own one of those and get better at that too but the compound bow was kind of like a thing that was it was just easy to pick up and do and kind of exciting almost mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> and so just I had done yeah I know Tough mutters were brought up and everything. I'd done, I don't know, like nine of those in the past. And I got into this whole physical fitness thing as an adult in my 30s, actually, right before my ex had walked out on us. And so I really developed this whole desire to just pull myself together and do all this stuff by myself and figure things out and go out and do the things that I was scared to do. So let's kind of go into the hunting a little bit then. Have you gone and actually taken an animal been out yet how far are we how, how far along I've been out I started like midway through the fall season in 2019 and started trying to go out on my own on public land on the ground <laughs> trying wow. with a compound bow kudos um I didn't have any luck and then I headed out I was actually in 2020 when COVID hit I had signed up for a class for spring turkey hunting through the DNR and they shut that class down <laughs> and oh. I was like you know what I'm just gonna buy the thing and I'm gonna go out and try myself anyway and so I went out and tried and didn't have any luck I was still on public ground so I didn't really have any idea what I was doing it's <laughs> and tough. trying to figure it all out and piece everything together was awkward but then last fall I gained access to some private land and I was start starting to able to be pulling everything together and see what was going on on the land without that public land influence <laughs> and so it, yeah it kind of bolster my own like confidence, confidence booster, on everything right? yeah. yeah for sure so um where do you think it's going to go from here are you going to take your son out yet is he old enough or is he he's old enough but he kind of waffles on things and so okay. right now he's back to where he's like eh, i don't know he sees mom come home with the deer <laughs> yeah. you know it'll probably change <laughs> right, the story right. a little bit but don't feel bad don't feel discouraged oh, yeah, i had no. an awesome piece of private land I was started bow hunting when I was 15, 16, somewhere right in there. I shot archery a little bit before that. And it took me four years before I downed a deer. Four yeah. years. And I had an awesome piece of property to do it on. So trying to do that, coming from nothing, no hunting background. I didn't have any mentors or anything. I just had friends that wanted to pick up a bow and hunt too. And we all hunted the piece of property that I had access to, of course, right? But that seems how it normally works. But... <laughs> Um, I mean, it, it happens, but the people who stick with it, the people like, like Ed talked about earlier about people go out and they talk about it's the most miserable, worst experience of their life, right? But then they come back. Those are the people, because something, no matter what, it, it triggers something in you, it draws you, it pulls you in, and then next thing you know, you're doing it. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, this is real, this is happening, and now I'm here I made it happen, whether it's all on your own or even mentorship, which everybody should try and find a mentor if they can. So it sounds like you need to take her out a little bit. And, and we'll, we'll, get her, we'll get her out here. We'll make sure she gets a deer this year. And, because when, and I think that's what Brian's, what Brian himself and what Brian is doing is, it's particularly awesome and great, is it takes some of this adversity out of it. Right. Um, like I said earlier, 
the first year I was out bow hunting, I walked out and I three things, three two does, one nub buck because I thought it was a big doe. <laughs> um, uh, but I would not have been able to do that had it not been for both training with Brian and hunting with Brian. Um, and that speaks to the level of skill that he has imparted into so many people. And, um, you know, part of the fun of our classes and our events and all that sort of stuff is we, we push each other to that next level too. There's, you know, we give each other crap and it's, oh, we can't, you can't hit this or you can't shoot that or you can't do this. And, um, just today it's, well, you can't have two whiskey sours and then hit a target from a hundred yards away. Well, what, <laughs> what do you know? They went out and had two whiskey sours and hit a target from a hundred yards away. 135. Uh, oh, there you go. 135. 135. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's improving our skills. Absolutely. It's, it's taking it, it's making it easier for us to go out there and participate in a sport that isn't particularly easy. I mean, you know, the, the level of failure to success in whether it's deer hunting, elk hunting, whatever type of hunting, you know, you're only succeeding a very small percentage of the time that you're out there. But then it's learning to appreciate being out there and everything that's incorporated in that and then being part of that community. Um, I had, before knowing Brian, I had picked up a bow at one point in time that I got given to me and I went out in my backyard and shot at a couple things and put a bunch of holes in the side of my shed and said, this is stupid. I don't like, I can't hit nothing with this stupid thing. And I put it in my garage and didn't pick it up again. And I didn't have a bow that was, I bet there was a seven year time period between the time I had that bow. And before Brian walked into my office one day and said, Hey, you want to do this crazy event out here? And I could see the passion in him and the passion that he had for both his events, but then also, teaching people to be successful at what he's passionate about and it's not a he's not going to come out and go hunting with you and you know put you in a place where you're uncomfortable or put you in a place that you can't succeed he's going to teach you how to deal with that being uncomfortable and make sure that at some point in time you have the skill set to be successful out there in the woods or in the mountains or just in life in general. I mean, there's so many principles and things that we do at class or in the Beast Mode games or the mini challenge or whatever. It's it's skills and tools to just deal with life and some of the bullshit that we have to put up with in the world that we live in <laughs> and, and, and process all that stuff. And um, it just creates better people. I and can guarantee you, like what you said, nobody's thinking about that as they're carrying sandbags and ducking up, going over the over-under and picking up that sled. Right. The last thing on their mind is, you know, rent that's due, bills, whatever. Right. None of those problems are there while right. they're doing that. Right. And just giving somebody that time even to kind of decompress, not think about those things, that's a health benefit. Totally, oh, yeah. right? Well, and I, Physical I, and mental. I think especially now and in this last year, I, you know, we, we still had classes during – uh, you know, the height of the pandemic, uh, they're outside. But I think on on Tuesday nights, people got a sense of what life was like pre-2020 <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, because we were all hanging out, we were all shooting our bows, doing stuff. And then, I mean, I felt like that. And then you drive home, and, oh, then, and then the yeah. next day on, on Wednesdays, like, uh, gotta put this mask up, freaking mask on. And gotta <laughs> do this crap, and 
you know, I looked forward to Tuesday night's class. I, I don't always get to participate, but I look forward to it because it's just you're outside, you're you're yeah, it's just something about it. But and even now, it, it, I look forward to it. It's one of my favorite things about my job is that Tuesday night class. And we have, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15, sometimes as many as 20 people out here for, for a class. Um, so it's great. I look forward to the events. The events are uh, uh, probably a lot harder work than what most people think they are. Um, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into them. I'm pretty sure I knew that it was going to be super hard. when I and, and my expectations met. The reality met the expectation. I knew coming into it that I was like, man, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm, no matter what, I'm just going to push myself through it. I don't care. I'm not competing against anybody else. It's going to be competing against myself to see right. where I'm at, and then I'm going to have to improve. Unfortunately, I don't have an accountability coach or anything like that, so it's up to me. So I, yep. I, I'm going to have to do that. But and that's the best part about it is it is up to you yeah. because we, we've seen guys who come out here, and they, they come – they come strictly for the, they're going to come out here and kick our asses. <laughs> they're coming for the competition. And we, we've seen a guy at that at the indoor uh, a couple times now. And he comes, and, and he's going to kick our ass, and he's head of the pack. Do I know this guy? Let's just clarify. No. Do, no. Are you sure he doesn't live in Illinois? No, it's not him. Okay. Um, <laughs> he comes, and uh, he he gonna kick our ass and i think he does maybe live in illinois but oh, i don't so think he's he, talking about a different person yeah but you know um, the person i'm talking yeah. about uh, he didn't win though did he well and yeah. that's the thing and that's what i think that's what's particularly great about this is these guys who are like ultra competitive and they come out and they're you know i've killed 52 species across 36 continents and the biggest this and that and i can come out there and hang with the best of you and and they come out here and they they get their asses handed to them <laughs> and it's hilarious but the camaraderie of the people is, even though they're getting their ass handed to them, we make sure they get done. We make sure they do it yep. safely. We're still friends Probably cheer with them. them. Too. We cheer yeah, them on. Yeah. We encourage them to do the best that they can. And, you know, at the end of the day, some of them kind of pout and huff and <laughs> I didn't win. And none of us care about winning. A Vortex game, the indoor games at Vortex this year, I was, I was DFL, dead last. <laughs> like, I couldn't have been any worse. I had gotten a new bowl. I think what was there's yeah. twenty. We don't need to make excuses yeah. here. Well, no, I mean <laughs> there, what, there was twenty, twenty targets in there, yeah, eighteen yeah. bodies, two misses is what I shot, and I could have been like, "F this, I'm not going to do this anymore." Yeah. But no, then the beast mode games. It'd be kind of hard to live it down though, especially being that your place is the place <laughs> where they actually have. I'm just saying, right? Yeah. No, for sure, I agree. And so beast mode games, uh, just I mean, what was that? A month and a half later, mm-hmm. I was eleventh. I was trying my best for tenth. The second stage of Brian's course just destroyed me, and I got 11th. And I'm not making excuses. Next year, I'm getting 10th. And his goal is top 10. So I, I, my goal is top 10. I'm not trying to win. I'm trying to get top 10. And I'm at I'm at the older end of my division. I'm in the 40 and under, and I'm 36. And I'm giving it everything I can to keep up with some of these 20. So I've got something to look forward to in a couple of years. Then is what <laughs> yes, you're saying you is because I bounce into that 40 category. Yep. But, but but that's what's cool about this is that again, you know, like I said, we do have elite athletes. You know, Greg Hack, who's won pretty much every event that I've had, uh, but he's the most humble person. You'd never know that he was who he is and what he can do, because he's there cheering everybody on. He's very quiet. He's uh, whatever. But like Nathan's saying is that there's fun competition, you know, it's, it's to make ourselves better, but then 
Uh, a lot, most people, once they start doing these events, they come back to them, and then you get to know one another, and then you cr- start creating this fun competition yeah. between yeah. your fellow uh, teammates or competitors, I guess. And then you're trying to outdo one another, but it's all in good spirit, though. Yeah, and we're pushing each other to the next mm-hmm. level, and it's it's also uh, if you win, you win. But you ain't getting a participation ribbon if you right. know just for f- crossing that finish line. We're all gonna give you a high five and a hug, and you did an awesome job. <laughs> but you don't just get an award for participating. It's you come out there, you do the best that you can do, and cross that finish line for you, not That's for right. anybody mm-hmm. else, not for some silly medal, um, not for a free beer. It's you, you get across the line for you, and I think that's what's really great about it is yeah. it, it helps you push you. So let's do a little pivot here real quick. Um, let's, let's talk about you did it different this year than you're planning on doing it next year. <clears throat> so the BMAC, <clears throat> sorry, the BMAC Mini you did after the BMAC Games. Right. And you're kind of thinking next year you're going to do the BMAC Mini before, so in case somebody like myself <laughs> wants to get a taste of it, they can go, you know what, I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to compete in the main game, but I'm going to go home and I'm going to work at it. Right. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to compete, and I want to not only beat my times that I had last time, but be able to do the full course. Right. So th- this event, the BMAC Mini, I think we talked about that briefly. This, this, this came about after we did the BMAC Games. So now that we've done it and I've thought about uh, kind of the schedule of events for next year, I think it makes sense to do the BMAC Mini before uh, the full-on BMAC Games to, to help to, like a person like you, Lucas, do uh, a chance to try it out, to see, okay, am I ready? Is it as hard as what I think it's going to be? Or where am I? You know, it's, it's a benchmark. It's, yeah. it's, uh, I've been training for it, but uh, I, I'm not for sure if the training that I'm doing is right or, or do I need to work on my cardio more or my strength more or my shooting I think uh, 90% of us need to work on our shooting more out there from the... I think the sled drag was the worst part of all of it. I'm just going to come out and say that. The yeah. sled drag was terrible. Just remove the hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just flatten the ground. If it wasn't up a ski hill, it wouldn't be that bad. Right. Yes. So compared to what we do on Tuesday nights, that was easy. Okay, yeah, well. Tuesday night class is a 90-minute is a uh, class of, of just whatever I can think of. Um, <laughs> So and this was a you did you did it for five minutes so I needed two rounds of it. We've done four four minutes and forty nine seconds whatever. But we've done sled drags for class that are it's three guys on a sled because we have over a hundred pounds in it. We go down our snow tubing hill and up the hill on the other it's side. It's over a ha- it's it's probably a mile all uphill. Sounds fun. Uh, and then Did you, you get turn the sled a, down. Yeah, yeah, you turn around and you come back and you do it again. And you then usually do something where we have to turn around, though. Right. We do, like, a workout, and then you have to yeah. turn around. But so somebody wants, somebody wants to come and maybe do the games or do the mini, but they want to train. Right. What can somebody, like, especially my, like myself that comes up here, I'm, I can't drive, you know, three hours each way on a, right. on a Tuesday to come and do the class. What can I do at home to kind of prepare myself or ready myself to do this? It's a great question. Um, I think the number one thing that people can do is to put your pack on uh, and get out there and rock. What I mean by rocking is, is walking with a weighted pack, walking fast, jogging. You know, once you start running with a, with a pack, that starts to put a lot of pressure on your on your joints and stuff. So I don't really advise that. You need to build into that. 
But I think the biggest thing is, is rucking, is walking with a weighted pack off pavement, is get on trails because you use so many more muscles. Uh, when I used to do Tough Mudders, the, f- the most common thing that I would hear in the first half mile of people all around me was, wow, this is really hard. I've never ran off pavement or I've never ran off of a treadmill. Like you, you, you work <laughs> muscles that... Uh, it's you, all your stabilizers. Yeah, it's yeah, all it's, your stabilizing yeah. muscles. So you have to get off. You have you have to get in nature again. The whole thing about getting outdoors and getting in nature, you have to get on a trail. You have to bushwhack whatever it is, but get a pack on and get outside. You can do that anywhere, right? Uh, second, is you have to have a base strength. You, you, strength, uh, strength, and and like. Uh, Functional cardio, what I mean by that is, is rucking, is, is walking with a weighted pack, because that's primarily what we do for the events. Uh, you have to have strength to get up the hill. I mean, people think that it's all cardio, but it's really not, because you have to have the strength to, to carry that weight, because you're not just carrying your body weight. You're carrying anywhere from 20 to 50 pounds, depending on age group and male or female or whatever like that. So you got to have the strength to do that. So that is... If you want to be a gym rat and get in and do squats and stuff like that, or again, use your use a weighted backpack and do lunges. You can do squats. You can do all that stuff, uh, you know, with a pack. So, um, I feel like do a shit ton of burpees. (laughs) (laughs) Do a shit ton of burpees. You should do a lot of burpees. We we, we do a lot of burpees with Uh, a lot of weight. Don't forget the weight. (sighs) And this this is a totally different type of workout. It really is because I've Mm -hmm. spent hours and hours and hours in the gym i can exactly. i can squat a lot i can deadlift a lot i can bench press a lot and none of that does me not a good, a, not an ounce of good uh, ounce of doing good. That. Yeah. yeah it's um it's it it trains you from from head to toe and and you know the, the mental piece of it is it, it puts you in that that next level and as a woman i was going to say i think the one thing that i don't train enough is carrying the weight i train a lot with a weighted vest on but I don't go out and try to get up a hill. I don't go out like yeah. I'm doing a gym workout and what with I the weighted vest on, and it's not the same as trying to haul it up a hill. What I think is even crazier though is, I mean, weighted vest. It's centering that weight. Yeah, versus it's very putting nicely, the pack on. Evenly dispersed. Now, I mean, <laughs> yes. granted, our initial ascent packs are pretty cool, and they balance that load rather well. But at the same time, I mean getting that pack on and having that weight on your back right. and trying to distribute it yeah. that way. I'm not a fan. I mean, I'll, I prescribe weight at best to some clients, but I'm not a fan. I don't use it myself. It's getting that pack on. Again, it's it's training like how you're going to com- be competing or how you're going to be running. So you got to get that pack yeah. on. you got to have it fit it correctly. That's right? a huge thing for women, too, that I've noticed. I've been talking to other women here at all these things because, like, I have a problem trying to get a – weight a pack on that fits properly it's like Initial it's Once wishing again, everything it's i better it's, get paid for yeah, this episode just, <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't fit right and it's just like you can't breathe and things are there's abrasion going on in places right, right. and i've noticed some have like adjustments and like they've been able to put things down below chest and everything instead of having that chest strap across the mm-hmm. top where it just doesn't right. work well and it doesn't support things well and it my, Men my, have an easier time in that regard. My, like my, my wife said like, that the chest strap for women should be like a bra strap that goes yeah. like somehow. That wouldn't be a one size fits like, all. Yeah. I don't think like, no, I can't that would even, be uh, I can't kind even, of expensive. I but. can't even handle wearing like the binoculars right. on there just because it just doesn't fit properly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's awkward and it's just like, okay, I'm just going to put that in my pack because it's easier that right. way. 
So what's kind of the game plan then for, for, for next year? So it's going to be BMAC Mini first. Hopefully it doesn't get too crowded because you like to still – it's right. good to actually see you come out of retirement and uh, <laughs> do a little bit of stuff with them. But, um, yeah, that's fun. So BMAC Mini and then like six weeks before or something, so what are you thinking? what we're thinking right now, we're going to have the BMAC Indoor event at Vortex Optics. Uh, it's March – I believe it's March 5th and 6th. It's the first weekend in March will be the indoor event. And then the BMAC Mini, I think, will be will take place of the 3D shoot and swap meet, which we might still have the swap meet and 3D shoot or some type of combination. But I think we'll for sure have the BMAC uh, Mini uh, May, I believe it's 14th and 15th. You look at the calendar, it's whatever that weekend is right okay. there. Uh, I believe it's May 14th and 15th. And then the last weekend in June, which, again, I think it's the 26th and 27th of next year, will be uh, the BMAC Games. Um, and then the, uh, let's see, that's the BMAC Games. And then the last weekend of July will be the King of the Hill 3D. So those are the main events. We do 3D scrambles. We do other little stuff, kind of as the schedule, as my schedule, and as Nathan and, and the schedule here at Tyro Basin, they have other stuff going on. So as things allow, we do other little stuff throughout the year. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. I, I think for the three of us, we're going to throw down, we want to see you complete the games Whoa, next year. Oh, jeez. Maybe. Oh. We'll see. Hey. I, are no, we, I was going to say. Are we putting on a challenge right here, I, I think? I think we are. Because I think he's got yeah. it in him. Oh, I, wa yeah. I want to. Well, he, wait, what's he, the, what, it's still July, so it's 11 months away, buddy. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm so, not going to do it. So just Lucas, like I told Johnny, just but, like Johnny but, but you're guilted not me you are into do this. It, <laughs> we'll see where I'm at. We'll see where I'm at. I did, we will I, see where I I'm did, at. I did push I'm not Lucas do this. just a little bit. Did you? To try, yeah, I did not I know did. about this, I personal oh, yeah. message No, it was, it was malicious was attacks. Really? Malicious. I won't say attacks. I will call it malicious motivation <laughs> per IG comments. Okay. That's what we so, do. So may, maybe we, I need to put this out there. So Johnny Love 2019 is like my, my main hand, right-hand guy who helps me with everything, and he's also – very, very passionate about what we do. <laughs> so if he ever messages any of you and heckles you, it's on behalf of Johnny Love, not necessarily the Be Smart Archer Challenge. <laughs> that is a good good thing. <laughs> However, I planned on coming anyway, and I'm pretty sure I said, why don't you open registration then? Because yes. there was no registration. Mm -hmm. And then right then, it, like the next day, it opened, right? And I, It did. And I, what did I do? Not only did I take a picture of it, I posted it. So it was up there for everybody you to did, see, and I you came. You did. You put it out there. I think yeah. you were the second one to register. He possibly. was. He was. I think. Yeah. Well, he put it out there, and you know what? I tried he, registering he, before Johnny even guilted me. I want that out there to the public <laughs> that enough. I actually tried, and pre-registration wasn't open unless I had a code. I don't know. Oh, the early access code. Yeah. Probably. yeah. So That's I didn't what have it was. that. Well, so I said open registration, and I'll do it, and I did it. Well, so. we've been we've been on a few different podcasts. And he's the only podcaster who actually put his money where his oh, mouth is. Oh, that is a very Ooh. good. None of the, so, thank none you. of the so other let's, ones let's have shown up. Who, who, should Nathan, we, who, who do we need to call that, out? Right? What was it? Uh, Bowhunter? Bo, uh, Bo, the Bowhunter Chronicles. Chronicles. Um, oh, Adam, Adam and John. Adam yeah, where, and John. where are they at? Adam and John, Bowhunter Chronicles, where are you? Uh, let's see, Bucks of America podcast. We got to get Jeff. Jeff has come to the, some of the 3D stuff. He, he that has. doesn't count. 3D archery uh, does not count compared to this. I'm sorry. Well, so I, we're, we're going to call out Jeff Vance. Jeff Vance, <laughs> calling Jeff Vance out. Okay. 
Uh, oh boy! You know you're gonna have to send these to me so I can tag so them in. So I this, can right? tell you that we're gonna have to get uh, Eric and Greg from yes, Where, Where to, to Hunt. Hunt. Been on their podcast. So Greg, Greg, Greg came to a couple. Classes. Greg actually came to a couple classes this. Okay, winter, I'll give him that. And he was he really wanted to. Fit maybe this. maybe now, he granted, had prior obligations. Now whatever. granted, he had a problem with his wrist. He had some prior obligations, such as. Maybe fishing out on Lake Michigan, which he caught kind a huge <laughs> I mean, salmon. Kind of sounds I made like sacrifices. I, I, I know. I mean, those guys probably live closer than me too. I mean, well, they, they live do. in Wisconsin. They do. I mean, I've got a three-hour drive ahead of me here too. Yes, so. you do. <laughs> right. So you you have the podcast crown right now. Thank you. You're the Thank only you. one you who's do. put your money. You so where your mouth you guys is can guilt it. me all you want. Yeah. Hey. You I'm gonna. What? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it in writing or in stone right now. But I will say I this will. is something well, I, I would think, like I think to we do. Will. Oh, and is I, that what we need to do? And I hope you do. We, we will put it in seriously. Stone. I I hope you do, Lucas. <laughs> if because dates I think align that where you, I can do it, I will do it. I think that you fit in. <laughs> you you really, seriously. I think that you would enjoy this group and oh, you I fit would. in really if well. If I didn't have to drive, I mean, I'd, I'd come to the Tuesday nights for sure. That, I mean. It's, seems like it's awesome right yeah yeah i hated it when i was doing it like i said i hated it when i was <laughs> doing what? it we all do but <laughs> i did it and afterwards i was like okay ah crap i still got one more round to do i hate it <laughs> every week nathan and i look at each other and we're like this sucks I, why do we do this yeah every week but you know what every the next morning when we get up we're like we are glad that we actually got out here and did it. And you can yeah, eat that extra cookie of, the next most day, of the, too. Most you know? of the time. Most of the time. Sometimes I can't hardly get out of bed. But Sometimes you got to use two hands to sit down on the toilet. <laughs> you do. But it's rewarding. To pee, just to clarify on that. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and yes. on that note, I they think this is a good time to wrap this up. <laughs> we're we're well up. over an hour here. <laughs> so... No, I appreciate it. I think it was awesome that I got to come out and do it. Thank you for guilting me into it, Johnny, even hey. though I tried before you made that yes, comment. Yes, I know you so, did. Well, I, know, I know you did, but you know what? I'm always going <laughs> to throw it out there. I am. I, as Brian said, seriously, I, I am extremely passionate about this. So I, I'm pretty sure I need to like print that out now and have it like put onto something. I think you should and put then, it in a plaque and hang it above. Or I might even just try and pick up the old room. post and then and then uh, go on there and now I can comment on we'll, it again. We'll come right? up with something. But, no, I mean, <laughs> seriously, I appreciate your time coming up here. Uh, just like every, all the, everybody that comes to the events, I'm very, very thankful for people that come out. Uh, you know, summer weekends are very precious to – oh, I'm, I use pre- – Nathan precious. gave me a hard time yesterday that a grown man should never use the word precious. Well, isn't that just precious? See, yeah. See, it's not that bad. It's pretty bad. Well, okay. Pretty bad. Yeah, okay. I'll give it to you. But anywho, but, I mean, seriously, I, I very much <laughs> uh, I, I very much appreciate everybody that comes out to these events. And uh, it's really the people that come out to these events that make it epic, that make it great. Uh, yes. yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, I'm very thankful for, for those people. I'm, I'm thankful for the people that – Follow me on social media and believe in what we're doing and maybe just live too far. I mean, live. Uh, we have people that live in Arizona that wish they could come here. We have one guy that used to do the events, but he moved to Arizona, and he yeah. misses it badly. Well, you've got one that came from Arizona and, and stays the summers up here, too. Now, yeah. that's real quick. Is that the same guy that had both knees replaced? No. No. Okay. Guy. It's not. Okay. Because yep. I was just trying to clarify. I'm like, wow, he did really good. Like. 
<laughs> Six no, months it, ago, it, had two brand new knees. It, it wasn't Dave, and I, <laughs> let's not even get into that because that's a whole other podcast. He gave you we rough need, for your we, money, but we yeah. need, we need to get Dave on a podcast seriously <laughs> because he is he's something else. All right. Well, when maybe some of your listeners are wondering, hey, I can't get to this. How do you? How do we support Brian or get the word out or whatever? Share it on social media. Social media likes nothing more than to block Brian's post because we're what they're blocking now. Well, okay. I, that's the filter. It's the new filter thing. Well, I don't know. It, it, it was during COVID. I was I was an event. Yeah. That was still I was still doing stuff during COVID. Mm. Yeah. I'm hunting yep. related. And I, you art. don't follow the mask. Yeah. yeah. I see it. So I see it's, it now. Um, it, Share it. Um, seriously. I mean, Next, you're going to be posting anti-vax stuff and all kinds of... <laughs> 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 we won't go into that. We, we are very much for doing whatever can get people to come out and participate. Choice. Whatever, it's all about choice. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Just make the right ones and come and uh, right. get right. fit. But, yeah, exactly. if, you, if GFB, right? Get yeah. fit with Brian. Yeah. I think that's a good right there. We're just... Because we could keep going. Yeah. And oh, we, we could talk all for, night long. We could talk all night. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Thank Lucas. you for welcoming me in. Let yeah. me come out, harassing me to come here, Johnny. Hey, you it's know all what? Good. I you did great, buddy. I appreciate it. The <laughs> fact that you showed up, you know what? You did what you came to do. And all you, those you, other you podcasters completed. didn't. Guess what? You completed it. <laughs> Lucas, Dude, if, if you don't hit the stop button, John's going to keep talking, yeah. buddy. All right. I'll keep all talking. Right. Thank all you guys long. so much. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenged.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. want to succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest tune in to west marines life on the water presented by costa custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv you'd think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing but as i've learned no matter where i've been whitetails can be damn tricky Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.